Today is Friday, May 6th, 2022. This is the Link NKY Daily Podcast. I'm Matt Spaulding, and these are the headlines we're following today. Boone County Commission candidate weighs defamation suit against opponent. Reported on by Caitlin Gebby. Republican challenger Chet Hand is considering a defamation lawsuit against incumbent candidate Charlie Kenner for the website cheatingchet.com. The men are opponents running for the Boone County District 2 Commission seat in the Kenton primary election, and during their campaign for the seat, they have both lobbed attacks at one another about their beliefs and personal character. While Han has accused Kenner of telling disgusting lies about him along the campaign trail and online, Kenner said Hand has a record of misogyny in the party and is abusing his county chairman seat to get ahead in the race. Kenner claimed ownership of the website. He said it's, quote, well-researched and well-sourced on the claims it makes on his opponent's statements like, Hand is pro-abortion because he wants to return to county health departments rather than having a regional one. Some of the claims on the site link to screenshots or pictures as evidence, while others, like Han recommending his father for the Board of Elections and placing campaign signs without proper permission, do not include attribution. Kenner said he felt like he had to create the website to expose Hand. I'm tired of him lying, he said. It's all true and it's sourced. Han said the website and other claims Kenner has made may be grounds for defamation, which is an option he's considering. I have recorded documented evidence of him lying, Han said. Some of the accusations against Han go beyond the website and the campaign and reveal a growing rift in the county party. In an initial review for Link and KY's coverage of the Boone County Commission race, Kenner claimed his opponent said women weren't smart enough for the Republican Party leadership in Boone County. He said the comments came in response to a question during a party meeting earlier this year. Former vice chairperson for the party, Emily Shelton, was also present for that meeting. Since Hand has taken leadership of the party, she said, it's not a very welcoming place for women at all. Multiple Republican Party members have questioned Han's decision to run for a county office while serving as chairman of the Republican Party, and have accused him of replacing female party leaders with men of his church congregation and his personal friends. In response, Han explained some of them do attend the same church as he does, but he said a larger group of around 85 people from his church came together in an effort to regain control of Kenton, Campbell, and Boone County's Republican parties last year. Han said Kenner and other county leaders are part of that good old boys club that his group is working to disband. He says, I'm a career politician, but I'm not, Kenner said. I'm a dentist. So far, Hand and Kenner have garnered nearly equal amounts of support in terms of fundraising. While Kenner said he is backing the Congressman Thomas Massey, Hand is operating with Stephen Rawlings' endorsement, who is running to represent Kentucky's 64th district. If Hand moves forward with a defamation suit, the candidates may be feeling the results of this election long after the votes are counted. TIF funding for Covington Central Riverfront project on former IRS site nears approval, reported on by Kenton Hornbeck. The city of Covington is charging forward in their mission to help finance future development projects, specifically their marquee development, the Covington Central Riverfront project, located at the site of the former IRS building. Covington Mayor Joe Meyer is slated to approve a signature tax incentive financing district for the city at next week's city commission legislative meeting. A Tax Incentive Financing District, or TIF, is an economic development tool used by public agencies to finance needed infrastructure projects, sewers, streets, parking lots, etc., by designating future tax gains resulting from the development for improvements. Essentially, the money generated from the TIF District will go towards financing important infrastructure surrounding the Covington Central Riverfront Project. 
on December 10, 2020, the Kentucky Economic Development Finance Authority granted preliminary approval to Covington's application for the development of a 30-year signature TIF district. Since the preliminary approval was granted, the Cabinet for Economic Development used a consultant to analyze the potential for development. Since the preliminary approval was granted, the Cabinet for Economic Development used a consultant to analyze the potential development for the net new revenue to the Commonwealth, Sarah Allen, Covington's Assistant Director of Economic Development, said. The TIF district would include the site of the former IRS building, the Northern Kentucky Convention Center, and its surrounding roadways. The Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development recommended an incentive for Covington, which would result in up to $45.5 million to assist with costs for infrastructure development. A portion of three state revenue sources generated within the district, which include the sales tax, property tax, and income tax, will go towards the financing. This is a very significant step forward for our Covington Central Riverfront, a.k.a. IRS project, because the value of the state TIF designation to us is $45 million to offset the infrastructure costs associated with the project, Meyer said. The next step in the process is for the KEDFA board to give final approval. Their next meeting is scheduled for May 26th. Woman hopes to revive Covington home her ancestor, a former slave, once owned reported on by Monique John at WCPO. A vacant, deteriorating house at 209 Pleasant Street in Covington sits unassumingly with its padlock front door and boarded-up window. Peeling paint and overgrown grass in its small front yard suggests it's an uncared-for space that might not withstand the gradual evolution of the area. The decaying condition of the property obscures its alleged historical significance, as locals say it was once the home of a former slave. This is history right here, Eileen Morris said. There is not another house on the street that is built like this. Morris, 82, is the great-great-granddaughter of a former slave named Nettie Pearson. Morris said Pearson once lived in the Pleasant Street house. The house is still in the name of Morris's grandmother and Pearson's granddaughter, Nettie Baskins, who died in 1976. Now, Morris is trying to transfer the ownership of the house into her name so she can restore its condition and bring it back to productive use. They are two women that I miss so much, and I'm sure that they would want me to do this, Morris said. Morris has filed a case in Kenton County's probate court. She hopes to turn the property into a museum or revitalized home and to have it recognized as a historic space. She said honoring the lives of her loved ones is propelling her in her uphill battle. I miss so much being gone from my grandmother and all the things that went with her, Morris said, and our families don't seem to come together like they used to, and that's what I want because I know that's what she did. Beth Johnson, executive director of the Cincinnati Preservation Association, said it's common for marginalized people to struggle with keeping assets organized and within a family. Morris has until November to go through the probate court to gain ownership of the house. Then she will have to resume talks with the city of Covington over how to address a long list of fines and code violations on the property that have been put on pause for her probate battle. In a statement, the city said in part, This was an unusual step, but it was in response to what we believe to be Ms. Morris's good faith efforts and pending change in ownership. Our philosophy seeks compliance rather than punishment. The city wants people to keep up their property, and we'd rather people put money into the property rather than fines. WCPO has spoken to the Cincinnati Preservation Association and the Center for Great Neighborhoods to explore how they might be helpful to Morris's effort to acquire and redevelop the house. Seven of the best patios for a summer drink, reported on by Maria Heyman. As soon as the weather hits above 70 degrees, it's NKY law that you have to celebrate outdoors with a drink. The hardest part about following this rule is finding places you haven't been before. Well, lucky for all of you, Maria Heyman has been to just about every bar, restaurant, and brewery in the Northern Kentucky area and has found her favorite places for a drink this summer. 
Located on Greenup Street in Covington, there's cornhole, food trucks, live music, and most importantly, any kind of drink you can imagine. From beers to craft cocktails to frozen alcoholic slushies, they have it all. The Roebling Mule is my personal favorite, a peach and orange-flavored Moscow Mule that is dangerously refreshing. This is one of the more family-friendly places you'll find on the list. I often see as many babies there as I do adults, so if you've got a mixed group, this is a great spot to sit and sip this summer. And, as an added bonus, they are very dog-friendly. Governor's House Wine Bar and Kitchen Their outdoor patio offers more of a calm, classy atmosphere. This is a place where you can sit down and actually get to talk to your company as opposed to yelling. Their extensive wine menu can be daunting if you're not a wine connoisseur, but their staff is very willing to help make recommendations and test out any wine before committing to a bottle. Best suggestion is to go with a group that has a similar taste in wine as you do so that you can order a bottle versus glasses. It tends to save you a fair amount of money. If you're not a wine fan, they also have plenty of cocktails and beers to choose from, but let's be honest, drinking a rosé on the patio is just too classy to pass up. Beeline on the levee. Newport on the levee is not the same Newport on the levee that only had the aquarium and Dewey's when I was a kid. This place has had a major facelift and there are so many great places for a drink here, but Beeline needs to be your first stop on the new Newport on the levee tour. Beeline features a wraparound bar so you can see the Cincinnati skyline from wherever you are seated as well as a drink menu for all your varying tastes. Beer, seltzers, Red Bull martinis, just to name a few. A stunning riverfront view and the ever-so-popular espresso martini are the perfect way to watch the sunset this summer. Fort Mitchell Public House If you're looking for a quiet, tucked-away hidden gem with beer garden vibes, Fort Mitchell Public House is the perfect spot. Sitting on their outdoor patio, you'd never know that Dixie Highway is just on the other side of the greenery. This patio does a really nice job of transporting you to another city, very reminiscent of European beer gardens. The Brooklyn or the Pimm's Cup are both refreshing options for a nice summer evening drink. Or, if you really want to feel like you're living your best beer garden life, opt for any of the 12 draft beers for a truly authentic experience. Grassroots and Vine Grassroots and Vine has a cute little patio perfect for an afternoon pick-me-up or a post-dinner drink. Located in Fort Thomas, Grassroots and Vine is a wine bar, cocktail lounge, and beer bar all in one. They even have a mocktail menu for you when you want something refreshing without the headache the next day. Best known for their wine and wine cocktails, this is a great place to stop by and order a pitcher of mimosas or a bottle of your favorite red wine with a group of friends. Try the Aperol Spritz while you're there and you'll be transported to the Italian coast. 859 Taproom and Grill. If you're looking for a sports bar with a patio that you can drink and watch the game and bring your dog, 859 is the perfect spot. Just ask them. There isn't any place that's better for a bourbon, beer, and sports than the 859 Taproom and Grill. Greenhouse Bar. Greenhouse may be the most aesthetically pleasing bar I've ever been to. They offer indoor seating, a covered back patio, as well as outdoor seating, so they truly have a spot for any weather and any occasion. Their covered back patio is one of the cutest places for a drink to shield from the sun without getting overheated. Their outdoor patio is perfect if you want to people watch, and the back patio is great if you're looking to catch up with a friend. The cocktails here are endless and delicious. I've never had a drink here that wasn't delightful and just downright pretty. Regardless of where you want to have a drink this summer, there are so many amazing NKY options that I couldn't even list them all. These spots have perfect patios to enjoy the weather, your company, and of course, a drink. Young Cuff Cath getting better, but can't quite get to Beechwood. Reported on by Dan Weber. It was senior day for Covington Catholic Baseball Wednesday when Beechwood came a-calling. Although that almost seemed a contradiction in terms for a colonel club that legendary Cuffcath coach Bill Krumpelbeck describes without hesitation as the youngest team I've ever had. 
And that gets your attention when Krumpelbeck says it. He's been at this long enough, 46 seasons, to become Kentucky's all-time third winningest baseball coach, having led the Colonels for 1,528 games, winning 1,070, and winning at least 20 games for 34 straight seasons now. And yeah, he won Northern Kentucky's last baseball state title back in 2002 with a then-best 40-win season, now second-best all-time in Kentucky. So how does Krumpelbeck describe the Colonels' 14-11 season after Wednesday's 1-0 loss to high-flying 35th district rival Beechwood, now 21-3? It's been very interesting, Krumpelbeck said, of a Covcath team with five sophomores and three freshmen. I've never had more than one freshman ever, and then only rarely. This is as much a learning experience for the veteran coach as it is his players, and they'll have to sweep the rest of the regular season schedule to hit that 20-win mark before tournament time. They're starting to figure out my style, he says, with his young guys, a style that is basically fundamentals first and last and in between. It's a tribute. Cincinnati Westsider Crumblebeck attributes to his coaches at Elder High and Bentley Post-American Legion. I've had fantastic coaches, says Crumblebeck, an outstanding left-handed pitcher at Xavier, and now he's working on becoming a better coach himself. I'm trying, he says with a smile. Both starters were solid as can be. Cuffcats Colin Gastride gave up just six hits and five full innings and a lone run to the game's leadoff hitter Cameron Boyd, who walked, stole second, moved to third on a missed throw on the play, and scored on a ground out to deep short. That was it. Everybody could have gone home at 5.05. It's been an up-and-down season of great extremes for Cuffcath and a season where most things have gone Beachwood's way. That's how this one went. Close for the Colonels, but another one in Beachwood's win column. And those are the stories we're following for Friday, May 6th, 2022. For more on these stories and to see what else is happening in Northern Kentucky, please visit nky.com. Enjoy your weekend.